HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. Welcome to Life's Banquet, the, the podcast. <laughs> we start over. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to Life's a Banquet, banquet the podcast, podcast that's about the edibles and Breton. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, a podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. Starring your hosts, Breton, Scott, Zara, Tang. Gora. Welcome. This is episode 14, everybody. Hey. Coming from the heart of Brooklyn, New York. Who? Oh, Carol Garden. And W. Carol Garden Studio. L Gardens Studio. Mm-hmm. We're at Studio 20 today, you guys. Listen, today. Oh, wait. Today's the first day of the rest of the week. <laughs> you know, I knew it was something really big. Yeah. I could tell the energy was different. Exactly. Uh, it is hot August summer here. I'm on speed. I'm on speed. And by speed, I mean a grapefruit LaCroix. Cheers. Which, cheers. Uh, sparkling waters all the rage. I am already noticing a decline of my interest in flavored seltzers. I know. And back to regular seltzer. Yeah. Uh, I had a conversation. Tell us. About a woman with a woman about we started talking. She said, Oh, I love water. And she said, Dasani. Her I husband, love water. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were I you like guys? I like water. I love sparkling water. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? A lot of people don't. And so this episode is not about sparkling water, but it is about uh-huh. a lot of things. Uh, uh. Anyway, but the water, she said, What's your favorite kind of water? And I said, Well, I vacillate between. Uh, <laughs> Good vocabulary. Word. I love vacillating. I, you know, I always vacillate. I told well. you I always vacillate in the morning. I vacillate before I macerate. Oh, that's right. We it's love so smooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's important to make sure. Got to keep it slippery and smooth. The uh, Perrier and Pellegrino. Okay. Pe- okay. So and I, I told her. I told her. I de- I declared to her. I said, <laughs> imperatively speaking, <laughs> Pellegrino is for after yoga or a workout, and Perrier is for a right before bedtime or oh. in the middle of the night and then a bottled 
club bottle of club soda. Yeah. Like those tiny little glass bottles yeah. are for extreme morning hangovers. Yes. This is all very high society. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I, I need to have sparkling water at this point in my life. Um, you know, the end days are near, so I'm just trying to keep everything as yeah. luxurious as possible <laughs> while it lasts. Yes, so the, we have to just drink out of the, you know, gutters. The end days. And you know what? End days. When he can't, when life you know, deals you a certain set of cards, you just drink sparkling water to deal with it. Exactly. When life gives you lemons, squeeze them into LaCroix. Mm. LaCroix or LaCroix? I read on their website that you can pronounce it either way. Really? I'm pronouncing it LaCroix. Yeah, you can do that too. You can do whatever you want. It's English and there's no rules. Yeah, that's right. We have a podcast now, so we can say whatever we want. Listen, world, it's LaCroix. Mm-hmm. LaCroix. LaCroix. Breton, what's going on with your week? Well, I debated, I vacillated this morning mm. after I vacillated the first time. Do you ever consider that you might be desensitizing yourself by vacillating too much? No, I mean, I think the vacillation that I had post-vacillation. Okay. So this is actually a quadruple vac- vacillation. Uh, <laughs> I was actually vacillating between plum, <laughs> what kind of plum cake I was going to make today. Okay. So there's a you fab- spoke You spoke about this last week. So you've been thinking about it for seven days. As you, as you know, my recipes tend to evolve over the course of okay. uh, a couple weeks. Where are we at now? <laughs> In which case, it's too late because the fruit that I originally bought for the it's recipe molded. is now molded or, yeah. I, or I've eaten it and turned it into a jam. <laughs> uh, no, there was... T- so everybody knows, you know that plum... <laughs> Didn't we talk about plums last week? Of course. Damn this it. This is a plum podcast at this point. <laughs> this is just a 100%... Welcome to Life's a Plum. Wait a second. I'm Brett and Zara. So I'm repeating a plum myself. Cast. Okay. That's uh, okay. Moving forward, I made a really fabulous Spanish tortilla last night. Okay. Beyond. So, so I saw a picture of it. Was it purple potato? Yeah. So I used, I, they're called the purple mollies mm. or blue mollies or something. Yep. They are, I like how I'm all relaxed here. Yeah. Sitting Kick back, it. kitten back. Yeah. LaCroix. So purple molly potatoes. Now, I, <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, and I lived in Spain. <sighs> Those are two things that everybody should know about me. The quotable brand. But I learned how to make a Spanish tortilla from a real Spanish grandmother. I might have talked about this before, but there are several ways, and a lot of people have. They're very, very popular, mm. right? I mean, they're on menus everywhere Can you now. tell us what Spanish tortilla is? You know, obviously I know, yeah, but the, knows. for the laymen or laywomen at yeah, home. Yeah, or just if those of you that haven't learned uh, or just know, you know, there's tortilla, which is a corn, uh, masa, harina, corn, mm-hmm. you know, tortilla. Yeah. Don't explain that. And then tortilla, a Spanish tortilla is an egg and potato omelet, mm. which, you know, it has many forms, but generally it's sliced and fried potatoes. They're sliced and then you mm-hmm. stir the, you, you know, uh, whisk some eggs and then you put it back in the pan and you make like a frittata. It looks yeah. like a fr- it's the Spanish frittata with a lot of potato in it though. With a lot of potato and don't yeah. say frittata because Spanish are like screw you Italians. Yeah. Uh, and so I learned to make mine by taking some potatoes and they peeled them. And I'll never forget when I was in Spain in high school, the grandmother would use a really dull paring knife to peel her potatoes. Okay. And I kept telling her, I said, oh, um, you know, in Spanish, I said, there's this thing in America we have. This is 1992. So imagine our ki- how oh my how God. ancient it was. I'm picturing you in 1992. Your hair is like just like, you have long. Like a long, I had like mullet. a, a extra large t-shirt on. Yeah. You're wearing like a flock of seagull or like a no fear t-shirt. Yeah. Like yeah with like Jenko's. Jenkos <laughs> okay. and Tevas. Sorry, now I have a mental picture, as is everyone else. Yeah. So then, so the fashion that's right now. You told her there's a peeler and a peeler, and she said that for what? I said it's really fast. You take a peeler, and it just peels the very edge of the potato skin. And they mm-hmm. said, oh, we don't have those here. Yeah, which I don't think. 
I'm sure they... I'm sure she just liked yeah. to do it. Anyway, she would cut them into irregular shapes and then fry them in 100% olive oil wow. because they had an abundance of olive oil. Sure. And then you would let it sit, of course, and then add the eggs and let it sit for 10 minutes and then put it back in the pan. So last night I was, I woke up from a two hour nap and I was exhausted and I just, I'm like, oh my God, I have to make a tortilla. <laughs> only you, dude. I was so stressed out. I was like, have oh, that reaction. I had the wackiest <laughs> dreams. I'm like, the only thing that's going to get me out of this. And I put some zucchini <sighs> in it. Mm. And so in Spain or Spanish, they say, oh, que le sale bien means, you know, or it turned out well. Okay. And every tortilla has its own character, you know, sometimes. They come out well. Sometimes the potatoes are more moist or, mm-hmm. or, you know, anyway, these blue ones, I was nervous because they can get a little dry. Yeah. But this one was not in the, anyway, I cooked the potatoes in a wok. Oh, a wok. how unusual. Breton does everything with a little twist. A little twist. I got my own little <laughs> twist. Preston got me a wok and I'm like, well, I might as well use this. Yeah. Walk, walk not. You know what? Walking is. <laughs> I love a walk. We used to have a Chinese restaurant in my hometown in Northport called uh, Walk on the Dock because it was a harbor town. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I don't have a walk. Can mm. you tell us what it's like? What is it like having it's a It's like walk? having a pan, except <laughs> it's shaped a little differently. Wow. But I think the heat is it's distributed better. And it, to me, it just fries better. I can't yeah. explain it. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And, you know, the, the outcome was this gorgeous. I was afraid that it was going to look mucky. Mm-hmm. I was afraid that it was going to come out looking like a purplish, brownish mess. Yeah. When in fact, after I let it set, after I took it out of the pan for about an hour, I let it just chill out. And then each individual blew. And then uh, it was mixed with little bits of golden zucchini. Oh, that gold zucchini. Oh, it was here. pretty. It's amazing. Anyway, you should talk about your enchilada. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I did a lot of cooking this week. I made, um, as you guys know, I only cook when guests come over. And so I invited over Breton and his boyfriend, Preston, and we had mm-hmm. a delicious enchilada meal. I had gone to the farmer's market Saturday and Sunday and collected all the bounties of summer, which includes a lot of, a lot of things. peppers, a lot of herbs so i ended leaves. up I, you know i had poblanos i had uh zucchini flowers perilla leaves perilla leaves which i thought was red shiso and it turns jokes per- on me perilla leaf is a sesame leaf which yeah. i don't think it's actually it's fine you you know what i was reading you pickle them oh yeah that's a thing I google it yeah but anyway so i had all this stuff that was like i'm like oh oh i had tomatillos that's how it started i bought all these tomatillos it always starts with tomatillos i was like <laughs> The weeds I was that thinking they are. of you at the farmer's market because if you guys don't know, for listeners out there who are just joining us, this podcast kind of started when Breton encountered a person at the farmer's market who was confused mm-hmm. about uh, what a tomatillo was. And they thought it was an eggplant or something. Yes, exactly. I think. Or they thought an eggplant was a tomatillo. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we don't remember how the podcast started, but someone was confused as fuck at the farmer's market. So the other day I was there and I was getting these tomatillos and this person was with their girlfriend. It was like an awkward new couple shopping mm-hmm. for vegetables. Like, oh, are they're we like, going to like this? They're like, um, do you like green tomatoes? Should we get some? And I was just like, she you cl- idiots. So oh. I turned around and I go, you idiots. That's... <laughs> And then he punched you in the face and you got up and then you called me and I came over. And I then, go, you idiots. It's no, nice that's to when be you, in love, but that, you're dumb. That's when you give them a sticker. Said, hey, hey life's a banquet. looks like you could use some of our advice yeah. on Life's Banquet, the podcast that talks all about <laughs> the difference between eggplants and tomatillos. I was like, you guys don't know anything. And I just snickered and I walked away. I let them figure it out. They're going to they're gonna be the ones who are sorry. But anyway, I bought the tomatillos and I made a lovely... Salsa verde, mm-hmm. um, like a tomatillo salsa. Classic and, and delicious. I put celery leaves in it. 
and I put some mint. I Zara can- tried to stump me. She said, what's the mystery ingredient? And I tasted it and I tasted it. And then I said, what did I say? You said love it. Oh, I said, I said, is there lovage in here? And you mm-hmm. said, nope. And then, <laughs> and then she said celery leaf. And for those of you, if you're not sure, lovage is related to the celery yeah. plant. And he was used, very close. Yeah. It tastes very floral, like a celery leaf. Yeah. And in fact, it might be. So I made that. And then I had a like really lovely uh, half chicken or a whole chicken, actually, that I had spatchcocked at an earlier occasion. Mm, I yes. had an extra one. So it was brined. It was very delicious. I threw it into, I defrosted it. I roasted it. That was the filling with some poblanos and some mozzarella cheese, believe it or not. I believed it. And we, yeah, mozzarella. And, uh, zucchini flowers. Anyway, I baked it and then made some really like simple, lovely rice, some jasmine rice. and The a, jasmine rice was very tasty. Thank you. And a corn guacamole dip that had mayonnaise in it. It was kind of like an a low Wait a second. I know. That was what it was. It was I, mayo. I thought it was unusually creamy. Yeah. I put mayo in it. It was good. That shit was good. And I put, um, what else is that thing? What's that, that tangy spice that they use in Mediterranean cooking? Sumac. Lo- oh, sumac. I you finished sumac yeah. in it too. It's good. Sumac trending. You know, it's so funny. Hashtag. I was thinking about that, and my mom would probably say, "Oh my gosh, like how'd you know how to do this?" And you would just said, "I don't know. I just put some stuff together. It seems yeah. obvious, right?" And so this is a really good moment for those of you that are listening that are cooks and or perhaps not cooks or want to learn about food is that actually there is no fear. And let me tell you, there have been some things that I've thrown together. Like what? What's uh, the worst? Uh, what's the worst? I don't know. You name it. <laughs> I'll never. I still can't get over my banana cream pie. That that was not. That was something different. But, I would have submitted that banana cream pie to a pie contest. I thought it looked delicious. I never got to taste it because Brenton threw it in the garbage. I wish I would have made a semi-fredo out of it. If I had mm. one regret in life. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Okay. But yeah, I think this no is regrets. A good, yeah, this is a good moment where you know you go to the market, you have all the stuff. And then a lot of people look at cookbooks or say, what should I cook? Mm-hmm. And the answer is just make enchiladas. No, the answer is that you can... With whatever you have. That just, you can throw shiso and guacamole. You can yeah. throw different herbs. Uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word fusion, but I think as we have all these ingredients... You watched that episode of Sex in the City. <laughs> so you're you thinking know? about fusion. Okay, I watched episode, I think it was season three, episode <laughs> two. Yeah. And it was where in Sex in the City... And it starts off in the restaurant called Fusion. Oh. And the, oh, the 90s. Yeah. And anyway, Samantha had dated the, the brother of the owner. Yeah. So you talk got about Fusion on the brain. Yeah. They talk about okra. And anyway, yeah. I was talking about Fusion. So but, anyway, yes. What you were saying may, may continue, please. That's no, that good there point. is. I just, I have been more liberal with what I, what my rules are like, oh, you can't put chives in guacamole. Right. Who would put, there are no rules. Yeah. And guess what? We're not trying to. I'll never. I'll tell you a little story. Oh, please. Ready? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Story time. Ready story time. <laughs> a long time ago, I decided to open a restaurant. Okay. Once upon a time, okay. and I remember in my menu planning, thinking, "Oh, what should I do?" And I asked a very well-known chef, and I won't name that chef, but it's somebody that if you I told you the name, everybody would say, "Wow!" At least in New York, you know. Okay. And. I wanted to put nachos and chicken liver pate on the menu, right? Mm-hmm. On the same menu. And this particular person said, you can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. This was five years ago, right? Uh-huh. Four years ago. Five, when I was planning the menu, yeah. probably five years or four years ago. And I remember they said, oh, you just can't do that. You have to pick something because it's just not the way. Okay, fast forward four years later. Mm-hmm. Everybody, every restaurant in Brooklyn and New York has 
a multitude of opposing things, French-based things. Yeah. Ta- there, I often see a plate of tacos on the same menu as totally well, something else. I, yeah. I think that's like based the menu thing for me. The, like the way that things are going now is it's based in your confidence behind what you do. I mean, mm-hmm. we started doing that at Brucey too. Yeah, and you we were, were just like ahead of the. I would be like, yeah, we're gonna do. We did nachos. We did you know like all kinds of crazy things like general chose half chicken and then but it was an italian restaurant but you find a way like it's your confidence in it you can find a way to make it work you're like no this is cool if you're clueless about it and you're like making that now we're on a menu tangent but if you're clueless about it and you're like i have all japanese menu and a greek salad because you don't you know what i mean like, yeah you don't you did get gr- it remember when you did greek nachos yes i love all kinds of nachos also there's that nacho cookbook that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, the short. <gasps> <gasps> uh, hang on. The goddess of nachos has. Well, stay. So it just goes to show that you can just do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Just have fun with with cooking and the things that you're making. And speaking of menus, not to interject, but there was I was tr- telling somebody about this the other day, and uh, if you are so inclined to. Press pl- pa- applause, applause on this podcast, and press, you'll apl- hear, press the applause press button the, applause the button. whole time. Press pause, and you can go onto the New York Public Library uh, online website. Okay, on, on the interweb. Oh, on the interweb. And you can look up. There's a an archive of all the menus that anybody has has I guess scanned and and sent in really? from all of New York restaurants dating as far back as they date back, as far as we have them. That's amazing. And so that what they did is you can look at very old menus from, I mean, the 1700s, the 1800s. That's and my they, favorite thing to do. Yeah, and they scan them and you can do it from the privacy of your, you can do it on, on your iPhone. Wow, can you vacillate while you you're can doing va- it? Yeah, I was just about to say you can do it while you're vacillating between <laughs> a, a plum cornmeal cake and a plum <laughs> almond cake. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so speaking of vacillating if you're vacillating about whether or not you should give some love to this podcast like maybe a rate review subscribe Mm -hmm. kind of vibey maybe even visiting our patreon page to donate to us so we can continue to vacillate Mm -hmm. and we will send you private videos of vacillating and macerating and macerating i macerated some peaches last night that you You wouldn't believe were they amazing I didn't. I did it the day before. We actually got um, an email from somebody about macerating peaches the other day, and they were wondering if we could macerate them. I think they said in cognac. So, um, yeah, why writer, not? thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Kristen and- S., we really appreciated your email, and we uh, got back to you. And yes, you can marinate them in cognac. You can macerate them in really whatever you want. Get That's the thing that kind of tying back to what we were just saying. Like, get creative. You know, if you have some like shiso. Just put it, basically, this is a plum and shiso podcast. Plum, so yeah, plum. should you find yourself with some plums or shiso? Plum, shiso, Mar- and spatchcock podcast. Exactly. Those are the only three things you should be doing in 2018. Spatchcock, your plums, Don't worry, we'll keep you ahead of the curve. We already got 2019 ready to go. We're not going to release it until November 1st. Okay. So today's topic, kiddos, thanks for joining us again uh, for lucky number 14. We are going to talk about a very fun topic today. Oh my gosh, something that's very near and dear and close to my heart. To everybody's heart and butt, actually. And Mm -hmm. the topic today is diets through the decades. Diets, fads, nutrition, eating, Mm -hmm. all of it. Not eating. Not eating. Pooping. No. Growing up. I'm going to say something right now. Please. Can I ask myself a question? Yes. Sarah, thank you. Absolutely. I stopped waiting for you to ask me a question. I'm just going to ask myself. (laughs) Can I ask you a question? Just ask yourself that. 
I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, different types of relationships with food throughout my life. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. What about you? Yes, 100%. You know, people wonder, people wonder how we stay so fabulous looking <laughs> on the radio. That is what we are getting flooded with emails about. Yeah, but like, how do you do it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> There are several diets we use. We often use the breakup diet. Oh, um, yes. The breakup diet is we use my number the, one. Uh, I'm pretend I'm not hungry, drink water diet. Mm-hmm. And then there's the I ran 10 miles and I will intermittent fast diet. Yep. That's another one. <laughs> and then there's the I will eat a whole chocolate cake diet. <laughs> that's also fine. I don't know. These all work. All kinds. Of, yeah. But, you know, people's relationships with food are interesting. You know, like in my teenage years, I struggled with an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. Um you know, at this point in my life, I feel pretty comfortable about my relationship with food. But I was talking with my with our good friend the other day about how women and I guess maybe you can speak to the male side of this. But I don't know how men feel about it, but women, no matter how good you look or how good other people think you look or how fit you are, like we do all still have an issue. Not, you know, I sh- I'm not going to say all many women still have an issue when they look in the mirror and be like, oh, you know, I just wish my like stomach was a little flatter. Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm oh. a gay, I'm a gay man in New York. And then I, I was talking to her and I 40 was like, plus. yeah. And I what was like, about that? you know what? What a waste. What a what waste. A waste of time. You know what I mean? Of all this time when we get this short little amount of life and sometimes it's cut like terribly short, you know, knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I at the end, I asked her, I was like, you know, if you're on your deathbed right now and you somebody added up all the time you spent thinking about like your ass was too fat or like you didn't have a good enough thigh gap, I'm like, would you feel good about that time spent? I woke up this morning and looked at my stomach in the mirror. I said, mm, I guess so. Yeah. And then, I, and then I went and had a piece of Spanish tortilla. You know what? I mean, I'm guilty of it too. I think in my, you know, when I look at myself naked in the mirror, I vacillate. No, um, no. When I look at my, when I look at myself naked in the mirror, I'm like, "Hey, you look good, girl." You know, or in clothes, whatever. But I still, so like my my aware brain is like, "Okay, you are a healthy person. You have a healthy body. You look good." But I still nitpick at myself all the time. Of and course, I, all the time. Like I think about you know when I'm eating or drinking something. As I get older, I'm like, "Okay, well, I drank like you know seven or eight glasses of wine tonight. Well, <laughs> I won't eat dinner." Just kidding. But, you know, seriously, I do, as I get older, particularly negotiate more and more because I want to keep looking good. And I also want to be this person who's like, oh, no, I eat whatever I want and I don't care. And I don't let that rule my life. But in reality, I do think about it a lot. There is a stigma in in case everybody's, you know, just go on Instagram and look at healthy eating, clean eating. I actually came across a post from, you know, that guy, Daniel Isengart. Yeah, that writes that I was he wrote listening. the art of gay cooking. I was just listening to him on the food scene podcast. Yeah, he had a little post on Instagram, whether he knows it or not. But I, it was really cool. He said, "Healthy eating, what does that mean?" And it made me think, what What is all food is healthy? If you're starving and you have zero food, yeah, and you come across a Big Mac, that Big Mac will will keep you alive, Nour- right? Will nourish yeah, you. That's interesting. Uh, so there's that and. And saying like, oh, I want to eat clean, clean. Like, oh, I don't, we don't eat fried food. And I stopped to, first of all, I love food. And I stopped ever telling myself a few years back. I said, I don't care. I'm going to eat whatever I want when I want it. 
Um, however, moderation, mm-hmm. and I will try to balance it out. Absolutely. And I did gain 40 pounds, not too far <laughs> in yeah. the back. And it yeah. was. Yeah, you showed me a picture of your back. Yeah, the other I day. I gained it was 40 pounds. It was after I, when I sold my restaurant. I was very back. stressed out. Yeah. Because <laughs> there was a lot of stuff to do. And yeah. I, and I just ate and ate and ate. And it was delicious. That's good. Uh, you had fun. And then I realized, I was like, great, let's... Uh, and you went on a diet, which is what our topic is about today, is dieting. dieting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all a little bit about the history of dieting from what I've been able to find. Surely there is much more that I'm going to miss. We're going to uh-huh. give you an abbreviated little history here. Brief little... An abbreviated history of dieting in 1028. No, just kidding. I'll go at normal time since Brett and sister is allegedly listening to the podcast on one and a half times. If I yeah. then started speed talking, her brain might explode. We decided to <laughs> slow it down Carly. so that... You can still listen to it on 1.5. Now it will sound normal. Normal. Okay, so the year 1028, uh, a gentleman by the name of... It was a very good year for small town (laughs) conquerors of England. So William the Conqueror was born. uh, He was a king of England. Mm. He became so fat over the course of his life um, that he couldn't ride his horse anymore. That was very important back then. You... must be able to ride a horse. They were the Bugattis of, yeah. of the modern age. They're like, oh, did you see my new horse? It's got suicide hooves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should see him trample over the that crane cross. On the, I don't know. He went to uh, Ireland. So anyway, he got so fat that he decided to put himself on an all liquor diet mm, so he could ride his horse again. Definitely have done that. <laughs> got, Same. Gotcha. Samesies called the breakup diet in, other wor- in, in modern times. Um, and he lost the weight. But then when he got back on his horse, he fell off and died. <laughs> <laughs> Knock. <laughs> what an idiot. It's like a summertime oh. when you fall off your horse. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it Is ironic? That, oh, my God. So then we're moving up like 500 years. Uh, yeah. Italian nobleman Luigi Conorano dieted on 12 ounces of food per day and oh. four, 14 ounces of wine per day, otherwise known as the uh, Bergdorf diet. What's the? <laughs> oh wait, I worked there. I know. I worked at Bergdorf. <laughs> no, that's where I got it from. Um, I, d- I drink a bottle of uh, of pink champagne every day. Yeah, so you were on this diet basically mm-hmm. then. Um, and a he lived. Lunch. He lived to be a hundred twenty. Well, they call it the. This is called the immortal diet. People believe that this oh will make you immortal. God, 12 ounces. Hold on. I'm going to write that down right now. Yeah. It's already written down. I made show notes today. Oh, perfect. Exactly. You can go to our uh, non-website website. Yes. Go to out. our website. You can just email just wait us, there for and us. I'll call you. <laughs> I'll yeah. call you back. That's better than a website. Totally. It just, is. Just like text me. Yeah. Or just DM us on Instagram and I will, Zara or myself yeah. will. We promise we'll call we you. We will use our own fingers mm-hmm. to type a message with our own brains. We'll call you from a payphone. Yeah. There's a couple. We'll call you collect. Yeah, we'll call you collect. (laughs) Hello, life's banquet. Hello, it's a cost you (laughs) $1.50. Go ahead. So um, moving up again to the year 1724, the first known, uh, one of the first known dietitians, George Cheyenne, who was an English guy, um, he was the first guy to write a booklet about uh, losing weight. He was really fat, and so he decided to just eat vegetables and drink milk. He cut out hmm. fat and meat, and he published an essay in, 19, in 1724 called Health and Long Life. He was kinda, okay. There's not much more interesting about that guy, but he was kind of the first known dietitian. Now, three years later, a guy named Thomas Short develops a diet <laughs> called the Avoiding Swamps Diet. I know. Yeah. Avoid the swamps. He... Theorized, what does that mean? I don't know. I'm he just theorized I that this is, listen, 
Listen, people, I know that we have listeners in Florida, Alabama, Louisiana right now. Do not get offended by this, but this is not what I'm saying. Thomas Short said this. He said that your proximity to a swamp makes you fat. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Swamp, Essentially swamp swamp things. Yeah. Well, so in New York City in August when we're living in swamp-like situations, we should just, oh, we should get out of New York. Exactly. Otherwise, we're going to get fat. I was wondering what was um, so basically he had the swamp thing, uh, avoiding swamps diet, which I don't even understand what that means. Uh, the first popular diet, uh, in kind of modern history was called Banting and it was named after William Banting, who was a freaking undertaker. And he wrote a booklet in 1863 called a letter on corpulence addressed to the public and corpulence for anyone who doesn't know is basically like obesity. Interesting. Uh, it just, it was pretty simple. It just had four meals a day, uh, fish, meat, grains, dry wine, and people would say to themselves, uh, do you bant? Oh, yes, I bant every uh, once a week. Oh, um, I'm banting. Oh, it's, it's Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. Mm-hmm. I only bant. Exactly. Then, yeah. Banting meant uh, dieting. That and is... It's interesting, isn't it? And what because he was an undertaker, he felt he just knew dead people and it was going on. I guess so. he's like, oh, this guy also died because he didn't eat enough vegetables. Yeah, I, I dug out his insides and I found out that, exactly. that he had uh, pieces of hamburgers stuck. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have hamburgers yet. It was, all, oh, yeah, pl- it was all plum cake. Yeah, it was plum pudding. It was full of plum cake and Spanish tortilla. It was August 14th of 2014 is when <laughs> I literally started the ketogenic diet. Like just cold turkey, went straight into it, stopped eating all sugar carbs and starches like that day i believe it was a monday and it was classic pretty hellish for the first i'd say two to three weeks uh so that was stephen wikes who is fabulously living in a fabulous taiwanese uh province just south of taipei food lover food writer uh he had gone to culinary school and a very very and a very very good friend of mine and then the first weight loss um, book that was written to promote calorie counting counting was counting. written count, mm-hmm. calorie, mm-hmm. Calorie, calorie counting count, 1918. Count 1918 by Lulu Hunt Peters. Wow. So that's kind of like a small history of the diet. Did you ever see the movie The Road to Wellville? No. I think I told you about it recently. You did, yes. Please, everyone out there, after you finish listening to this four or five times on repeat, because it's so interesting, mm-hmm. um, go watch the... <laughs> Go watch the movie The Road to Wellville with uh, Matthew Broderick and okay. Anthony Hopkins. It's really funny and like it's about the turn of the century, basically when people started getting into wellness. And it's filmed at the Mohonk Mountain House, which is a oh, cool I cool must place. watch that immediately. It's really cool. It's like a really fun. Hey Siri, remind me to watch Road to Wellville later. Breton Siri is an Australian gay man. Yeah. How did yeah. you do that? I don't know. He's a gay man. It's <laughs> so awesome. He's gets he has a lot of attitude. He's like. No, Breton, I didn't say that. Shut the hell up. I didn't like The Road to Wellville. I will not remind you to yeah. watch it, Breton. And is your butt getting bigger? <laughs> Sorry, just an observation. I've been in your pocket for the past three hours. Seems <laughs> like your butt's growing. Yes. Please do a podcast on dieting. <laughs> May I recommend? So some celebrity diets. Mm, yeah. What? Celebrities. Because celebrities know everything. Oh, yeah. Celebrities know everything. But the, this is what mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Andy Warhol... Uh, used to diet by ordering food that he didn't like at a restaurant and then so he wouldn't eat it. Well, that wouldn't work for us. <laughs> I know, we yeah. like everything. I know. I was trying to think before, like, what do you think he didn't like? Tomato soup? The irony. Yeah, he probably Isn't had... It ironic? 
yeah, Andy Warhol probably didn't like. I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't do bread soups, uh, <laughs> stews, or braised things. <laughs> soups and stews. I don't know. And probably everything was braised. Uh, nothing with the color red in it, and nothing with repeated patterns of green and browns together. Uh, Basquiat, what would you like? And then he would take his leftovers and give them to homeless people, which is very nice. Um, Elvis Presley followed what I have found is called the sleeping beauty diet, which is a real thing where people OD on sleeping pills and like other barbiturates and, uh, fall asleep and pass out in a drug coma, basically a drug induced coma for so long that they don't eat. Yeah. And (laughs) isn't that, which ended up, which ended up leading to his, uh, his death. Yeah, because it like impacts your bowels. His demise was because of his pill poppingness. Pill popping. Can you imagine if that's like where your head's at? You're like, oh yeah, I feel like the best thing to do here is to just drug myself to sleep so I don't eat. Like, get some self control at that I point. I mean, need- at that point, just do some Adderall. I well, need- he Elvis. So I do know this about Elvis. Okay. He loved Dexedrin, which oh, really? is so Dexedrin like is the modern day Adderall. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. It, basically, what they did with Adderall if for those if for for the ninety nine percent of millennials that are currently taking on Adderall right now uh, is that. Uh, and by the way, I used to do Adderall a lot, and I can tell you that it, that thing is that stuff's bad. But for Real hunger, bad. it Works. simply makes you. It's not that it doesn't make you hungry. It's it makes you not think about food yeah you're just so busy like cleaning the bathroom well like the thought i don't know i remember thinking about it and food just becomes it's i don't know it's like dust on the floor Mm -hmm. you're like no thanks Mm -hmm. i don't i don't do that yeah i don't i don't do food no i've quit oh food Uh, is so 2017 so okay so anyway marilyn monroe i read that her diet uh that she would do was she would start each day with two raw eggs whipped in warm milk classic skipped lunch like what you're doing uh and then she consumed broiled liver steak or lamb with five carrots and finished with a decadent hot fudge (laughs) sunday hey she had balance good good for you girl i should mention i got a lot of this information from the conversation.com Oh yeah, love that website. My favorite diet, my favorite celebrity diet ever, which is okay, the, which is the Rock's diet. Oh my goodness! So, yes. oh my goodness. For anyone who doesn't know, first of all, following the Rock on Instagram is the greatest joy of my entire life. I live for his cheat days because after this is how he eats all week. He works out like a crazy person, then he cheats by eating like stacks and stacks of pancakes covered in peanut butter. Which I will say, if I had all of the Rock's money and resources. I don't know. I just have always thought maybe like, but I guess he like, but you know, he likes what he likes. Hey, everybody gets their. I thing. guess I'm 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 not like really into pancakes, so I judge him. But then he, I also saw the other day he ordered like eight thousand sushi rolls. So each day he starts the meat, he starts the day with a ten ounce fillet of meat, four egg whites, five ounces of oatmeal. Then he eats eight ounces of chicken, two cups of rice, and one cup of broccoli. I'm surprised he does. It says white rice. I'm surprised he doesn't use brown rice. I know. What's the deal? The, the fiber. Fiber's the key. And then this is halibut, but I've read cod, but they're kind of similar. A so white a white fish. Eight ounces of cod, two cups of rice, one cup of asparagus, meal four, eight ounces of chicken, uh, a baked potato, a cup of broccoli, meal five, another eight ounces of, oh, let's say cod. 1.5 cups of rice, one cup of asparagus, okay. meal six, uh, eight ounce filet, a baked potato, a salad, meal seven, 
casein protein? Casein protein. Jeez, 10 egg whites with onions, peppers, and mushrooms. And then I have here at the bottom, I did the math. You've totaled the math. That's 68 pounds of cod a month. I'm sorry, that's overfishing. He's eating all the cod out of the ocean. The rock, we need to put you on blast for this. This, That's too much cod. And also, if you ever look at the pinworms and cod. He's eating like at least 10 pounds of worms a month. I hope you're cooking that to 165 degrees. Anyway, that's my favorite thing. You know... I love that. Yeah, that's... uh, That's so much fucking protein. That's a lot of protein. Now, listen, he's a big guy. I love that. He's a Hollywood celebrity, and he has uh, roles to fill that require him to be a certain amount of size. Most of us do not have that problem. He could eat a live horse. I wouldn't care. I love him. Yeah, I should should put uh, input what I eat per month, per day. You should. You eat probably like... Let's I eat a lot of potato chips and a lot of crackers. Like 40 pounds of plums a month. 40 pounds of plums a month. 70 orders of uh, of French fries. Yeah. Two cups of mayonnaise. Actually, mm-hmm. probably more. More like than four that. Cups yeah, of probably four cups of mayonnaise. Do you want to know how many jars of almond butter I eat a month? This is real. Four. Like at least, like maybe five if it's a so month with a So one collage. a week, a good yeah. one a week. Yeah. And you yeah. live alone. Yeah. Yeah. Single, a single white female. Single white female uh, eating a shit ton of almond butter. Zara's doing the single white female part two, and it's actually a really, it's a performance art piece instead <laughs> of a film because there wasn't that much subject matter, and there was no need for any other I just mimic myself <laughs> yeah. eating almond butter. That's why I have so much. Mm-hmm. There's two of me. Um, okay, so my diet that I picked for today to talk about, though, that we have been touching on uh, a lot over the past couple of weeks for some reason. Well, we just it's making a... We've been, yeah, it's trending. The 90s are alive and well it's here trending. in Brooklyn. So. You've heard it here first. I guarantee this is going to be on everybody's minds and hearts and bodies. And what's this? Do you know who I'm talking about? Stop the insanity. Stop it. <laughs> you stop your insanity right now. Hey. That's right. Susan Powder, stop... Bo- we asked in a podcast what insanity was she speaking of? Fat. Fat. Okay. She hated fat. She hated fat. That's where snack wells came in. Yeah. Screw you, snack wells. Yeah, it was just full of sugar. They actually made people so much more. Because as we know now, although I guess we could be told differently and then we'd believe it, but like fat actually doesn't make you fat. Fat does not. My my brother switched his diet. He had a an, an issue called SIBO or something, and he went to a very high fat diet. Mm-hmm. He does the butter coffee in the morning with the coconut oil I need to or try MCT that. oil. What is that called? Uh, they call it bulletproof coffee, but that's copyrighted, so it's just oh, okay. uh, whatever. They apparently that guy invented it. Got it. He probably didn't. He probably stole it from somebody in Australia. Like a. I think I saw. Were you at? Is there a place in Denver called Bulletproof Coffee? Maybe, but coffee? they have it. But the, you know, the idea is you blend this coffee with a bunch of fat. And that's yeah. your fuel in the morning and it fuels your brain. And my brother lost a lot of weight and he eats pretty much whatever. He, I mean, he doesn't eat all. He's very limited. Your brother what, who's just here, who, mm-hmm. your brother Aaron. He yeah, but he great. really, yeah. he eats large quantities. And it's not, that's not what it's about. It's about the fact that he's, and he doesn't exercise. Mm. And he's thinner than I am. God damn him. He's older. God damn him. Older, thinner, and you eat more. See, look at I, I do have an issue. I was about 394 pounds. Okay. And you were just done with it. Yep. I was in Korea, actually, uh, on a little vacation and picking out as usual, which I still do. Um, but I don't I don't know what clicked or what happened, which made me like, but it was I remember it was while I was in Korea. And I knew that when I got back, like as soon as I woke up in my own bed after that trip, that I was I was going to do this ketogenic. Yeah. Well, well, so listen, I, stop that insanity. Stop right the insanity. I got this information from Mental Floss. So for any of you youngins out there um, who don't remember Susan Powder, 
she was a absolutely crazed woman who <laughs> seemed actually very nice, but super crazy. Well, I, I'm looking at this little tidbit you have mm-hmm. written here. Yeah, please. I'm Go cheating ahead. ahead. Read. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just reading it. It's your notes. Oh, but she, yeah. The Eminem story. Yeah. So she was like, uh, she was an import from Australia. She was born in the year uh, 1957 God, and moved to the true. U.S. 10 years later from the from the outback. <laughs> With just one koala in her pocket. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's totally right. that's Australianish. Um, so she went through a bad divorce in the 80s. You know, I'm not going to detail every moment of her life. Cheating, cheating, cheating. She got a cheating ass husband. He got her pregnant with Irish twins. For any of you who don't know, that's when you're born within two years of each other. Within a 13, it's 13 months. 13 months, months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she had two kids. Her husband is cheating, left her. He had a sick, sick mullet. The pictures of him are insane. Oh, we should post that. <laughs> she went from being a hundred. We will. We can post them on our Instagram. We'll post. Yeah, we'll do an Instagram post about yeah, yeah. Susan Powder and her mullet-headed husband. Um, she went from 130 pounds to 260 pounds, but mm. what she said by eating M&Ms and like watching soap operas. Oh, P.S. got all this information about her from Mental Floss. Mm-hmm. Great com. So she, you know, she became a big blob. Mm-hmm. And... Tiny little Aussie to a large, a large American. American. That's what happens when you move to America. Exactly. You get the American, mm-hmm. get the American hundred thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the American. It's the American five score of pounds. Yes, yes. Yeah, she got real fat, and so she basically didn't do anything except for like it says diet and like walk around. She didn't even necessarily. I guess maybe she did aerobics, but it, what I read initially was that she just like walked and like stopped eating M and M's. That's how we in the 1980s. That's how we got through a lot of things and aerobics. And then later, obviously, she became an aerobics queen and made mm. aerobics videos. Um, but so she, her mom passed away, and she used the two hundred fifty thousand dollars she got from her death to open a Lucky wellness her. center in Dallas where she lived. Oh well, that's her. Ah, that, Charlie Horse. Well, that's her first oh problem. God. Nothing against. Do we have any listeners in Texas? Oh yeah, yeah. So lots of listeners in Texas. We are not judgmental of Texas, but I heard that that's and I'm from and I'm from Wisconsin. Now Texas and Wisconsin often battle between the two fattest states. Oh really? I'm from yeah. Long Island, where everyone is perfect and thin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and glamorous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's only only tens. Um, delusional. Go ahead. <laughs> so she opened a wellness center, and she would also go around accosting like random women in the supermarket and being like, why are you buying that? There's too much fat in that. Do you know what you're going to do to your body? And be, Try um, this. It's a stack ways. Yeah. She didn't have a really an Australian accent. Oh, well, but luck, she luck, luckily I didn't either. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> luckily mine was not even close to Australian. Perfect. Uh, um, it's actually a Susan Powder accent for those. Exactly. Thank you. She just had like an aggressive accent of like, I don't even know how just watch her videos, but if somebody came up to me in the motherfucking supermarket and told me not to like that I was buying something wrong, I mean, that's just the kind of thing I don't like. I would punch them. Yeah. I'd be like, listen, girl, don't step to me with that bald head and those crazy fucking eyebrows. Her eye, her eyebrow. You know what? I shouldn't even talk badly about her because I actually there's part of me that really does like and respect her. Well, she did stop the insanity. She did. But yeah, the fat, like the fat craze, it was definitely a thing in the 80s and 90s where people were like, no fat, no fat. Everything was no fat. And like now now we know. But I also have uh, met people nowadays who don't quite know about fat not being in me anymore. Um, yeah, but still, they didn't get the memo. She was going up to strangers 
telling them I was in a store the other day in a clothing store. This is just a sidebar. And I was trying on a dress and a random woman offered me like her opinion. She goes, she starts touching her boobs. And I I offer you my unsolicited opinion. She said, correct? No, but I'll tell you how. And then she goes, starts like touching her boobs and looking at them kind of. And I go, what's going on? And she's like, why do you always have, (laughs) she goes like this. She goes, you can, you know, you can see your bra. And I go, thank you for your unsolicited advice. I was so offended. I was just like, I don't know. I shouldn't have lost my patience. Now that I'm repeating this story. Where does she live? Uh, Well, her address is 115. I don't know. (laughs) 321 School Street. I don't know. I ran out of the store. I was so embarrassed. Just still still wearing the outfit. I was in my local bodega Mm -hmm. store last night. Uh, Mr. Mango. Monsieur Mango. Monsieur Mango. Yes, there's a Mr. Plum in Greenpoint. I walked by yesterday. And there's a Mr. Melon. Mm, It's a trend. In Bed-Stuy. Well, listen, there was a girl last night. And I was buying dragon fruits, uh, shallots, and limes. Of course, classic. as one does. <laughs> yeah, gazing at the lychees, wondering if I could afford for three ninety nine a pound, <laughs> which was a good price. But that woman, she had a side boob. Uh-huh. She was wearing overalls. Yeah, I'm into it. Her boob was hanging look at, out. Look at what you see right now. Explain what you see on my body. Oh my god, that's a side boob. Side boob through my vintage uh, available operation. on Instagram. Yeah, uh, in my. This is our for hundred dollars a month Patreon members. Please yep. let you know that we are, will be showing side boob, Mr. Mango side boob pictures. Mm-hmm. Just kidding, we won't because we don't believe in that. But well, Susan Powder probably would have liked that, but she did not like uh, full fat peanut butter. I'll tell you that. So she's accosting people in the supermarket. She's getting crazed. She shaves her head. She loses one hundred and thirty pounds. And she teams up with Dallas area PR agent Rusty Rob- Robertson, who helps coise the frame, you guessed it, stop the insanity. insanity. Stop it, stop it, stop it. 1993, they make their first infomercial and they sell kits uh, for $79.80 that include five audio tapes, an exercise video, recipes, fat content guide, and this last part, I have no idea what it is, a skin fold caterpillar. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, they, you... You uh, can measure your fat. Oh, perfect. Right? I guess. I, I mean, so. unless it's an actual caterpillar made of skin. That's what it sounded like to me. So in the first week, they sold 200000 And in 1993 alone, guess how many? How much money she made? Uh, uh, millions. 50 million American. Not you. Not Australian. Um, that's a, we're switching careers. We are now a... <laughs> I know. We are now a Stop the Insanity podcast. She didn't have any training. She would always say on her... On your videos, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. They wouldn't have me. Uh, doctors, they wouldn't have me either. She's just Susan I'm, Powder. She's like, I'm just a housewife. She kept talking about herself as just being a housewife, but she looked like a like a like a militant, like I don't know, f- some kind of outlier. She definitely didn't look like just a housewife. You know what I mean? She looked mm-hmm. like she was like in a punk rock band. So some of her big things, she's that she was quoted as saying, "Fat makes you fat." Women need to be fit to combat the patriarchy. Uh, her videos ex- included extreme yelling, uh, lots of spandex, uh, very always very overweight people in the videos doing the aerobics next Wait to her. Wait a second, this sounds like Bushwick 2018. Exactly. This sounds like what's going on. <laughs> well, everything comes back around, Breton. But That's I just true. thought it was interesting that her videos were like full of like over, like overweight people because it just seemed like they, she wanted to look good next to them. You know, if this were, if I had to do it all over again, I would do a Susan Powder and Richard Simmons podcast. Yeah. Uh, but we can just briefly talk about Richard Simmons and his and his story. I read his story oh my God, I love a few him. months ago, and I thought about doing a little episode on him, but... It's not true. I mean, we still no, can. No, no. I just think it's just important to remember that he was, he struggled with his weight. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you remember a few months ago, Richard Simmons 
went missing. But it allegedly, out, but then he was like, "I'm not missing. I'm right here." It's just there's a lot going on. But yeah, he worked in restaurants too. Really? Mm-hmm. He was a maitre d' or something what? manager at restaurants. Can manager. you imagine? He's like, and it's gonna be five of you. Write this. Wait, 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 wait. But I now- loved how in his videos he had <laughs> he had overweight people doing exercises to show that. Totally, that, that you can do it if you're overweight. But Yeah, and that's a process to... I just thought maybe a mix of overweight and not overweight people. Anyway, almost done here. Uh, ended up living with her ex-husband living downstairs in the same house. And she and, he, she and he both were crying about it on a Connie Chung special. Absolutely blew my mind. Oh, wow. She then disappears in the mid to late 90s. We don't hear anything else from her. She goes bankrupt over a fight with her ex-business partner but gets to keep the rights to the phrase. And now is the owner and operator of a crazed Twitter feed that makes absolutely no sense. It's the, please go to it. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about Susan powder anymore. (laughs) She's crazy. (laughs) She's crazy. She has like blonde dreads. Now, if you're listening SP, this is, you know what? I respect what you tried to do. You were just a simple Eminem guzzling housewife who got your, your act together, but that is one of the craziest diets ever. You know, sometimes money can make or break you. So she, I believe she was just trying to, she was trying to stop her own insanity. Mm-hmm. But I was coming across something, right? Yeah. What because you got? I, we were talking, you know, as we just said, mentioning diets and this, that, the other. And mm-hmm. at the ripe old age of, you know, 40 plus here yeah. in New York City. And, you know, I still feel fabulous. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I try, I number one, don't have any more limits. I stopped saying, do don't eat this, don't eat that. I don't really either. It's I about don't, balance. I don't, I don't really eat sugar. I don't like the word, I'll tell you. I will eat it, but I don't eat it a lot. We'll probably get a lot of hate mail, but I don't like the word cheat day. Oh, yeah. I don't like the word healthy. Mm-hmm. I don't, and it, this is for myself. I'm not criticizing others. I don't like to say those things to myself because uh, I have had many issues with food where I'll go in these crazy, wackadoodle things, and I end yeah. up living in... I just end up feeling so anxious. Mm-hmm. And I know because I really want it. There was a time I gave up dairy, cheese, meat, and every, and I was all, nearly vegan. I did, would eat raw fish and eggs. Oh, wow. And I, I guess they call that a flexitarian, sort of pescatarian kind of, but You're depending, bretitarian. depending on my mood, I also would just not eat for a day or two. Yeah. And I was Perfect. very thin. Mm. I was gorgeous. But there was, <laughs> <laughs> I had an eight pack. I was fabulous. I, there are pictures of it. I have one. But, and I was most, I actually felt really good because I felt very, well, I was young, first mm-hmm. of all. It was summer. But I was so hungry all the time. And I was very angry. <laughs> and I had a lot yeah. of friends that knew me at that time. And they they said, I was really anxious. And I wasn't myself. And I wasn't showing the true beauty because I am a food lover. Yeah, Duh, we're doing this podcast. you're missing part of your life. That, and I that love is cook. so great. I felt like I was denying myself of, and so anyway, here we are. I read this book from a while back called The Tenth Muse, My Life and Food by Judith Jones. And, and this is not a book report, but this is a, Judith Jones wrote this book. Uh, she helped bring Julia Child. She was one of the editors uh, for Knopf, Knopf, Knopf Publishing. Knopf. Yeah, and basically she talks about her whole life and food. And wow, she and Julia cool. became very good friends. It. Yeah, it's very good. She talks, she goes to France when she was younger Uh, I mean, she was older than Julia Child, but she talks about this little thing and she says, uh, there was a point, (laughs) I love that she said, 
When I told him I was about 112 pounds, he laughed and, right in the middle of dinner, took my hand and led me to his bathroom scale. And the, the, she said the dial kept going up. And when the arrow reached 122 pounds, I was <gasps> mortified. Now, she was five foot three. So she said, oh, okay, That's another 10. very small for yeah, five foot three. She talked about then she denied herself and she would eat carrots and milk for lunch. Wow. Uh, because And she was Odd younger. Odd combo. Uh, yeah, carrots and milk, classic. Uh, and then she talks about how she just would... She said, I would sip ginger ale while everyone else guzzled thick chocolate milkshakes and ice-creamed <laughs> sodas. And she said, I could have easily become anorexic, a term not even used in vocabulary then. And this is probably in the wow. 1940s. And then she said, fortunately, my food genes cried out for satisfaction because she was a food lover and she ended up you know, making cookbooks and she was a cookbook editor. Yeah. And that's just part of the job. And so she said when she was her time, I'm paraphrasing this, in her time in France, she learned about moderation. Yeah. And that when I look at a pastry now, I think of, I just think of its beauty and that it is something to be respected, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that we have to have pastries every morning or that. Uh, and again, my name is not Susan Powder and I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but yeah. check out my website and my Twitter <laughs> for account. And if you pay me $10 a month, I'll tell you everything to do. <laughs> no, that I learned myself, like when I, when I lost my 40 pounds that I gained, I actually never, ever stopped doing it. I never stopped yeah, eating anything. I started just thinking, oh, hey, you love a good chili reino burrito, but have a fourth of it. Right. What was your relationship with food like? And what, I don't know, What what do you, would you describe yourself as an overeater? Or an, a feeling or I definitely became an overeater in middle school. I would say like grade seven, grade eight. Um, and part of it was just like, you know, growing up gay in the Midwest and dealing with bullying and like low self-esteem and like my biggest comfort was food. Mm -hmm. um, because it is delicious. And that was always, my mom worked third shift. And so when I would come home from school, there was nobody there, but there was cupboards full of starchy and sugary snacks and a fridge full of anything. And I had free reign over the kitchen and I just... Yeah, I I definitely overate I most of my life, I'd say from probably age 14 until I was in my early 30s. I have a, okay, I do have a technique. What is you it? You want to hear my technique? Yeah. Because I am a I am a rushed person. I have my faults. Today we're talking about Brett and Scott's faults days, okay? Yes, okay, so enough already. So, what did you think of when your mother said that to you? Well, I don't know. <laughs> but I do eat fast and I'm working on it. I've realized two things that help me mm -hmm. for, uh, to maintain balance. Okay. And that is chewing my food completely and slowly and enjoying the food and, totally. and having gratitude for the flavors. That was a diet actually where they told there was a diet fad where they said you needed to choose your, chew your food until it became absolute liquid. <laughs> that is that there is something to that. Uh, it's easier in digestion. <laughs> but second of all, I also realized that if I'm very hungry, I have a snack and then you have to wait 20 minutes because, mm. you know, that's approximately the amount of time that it takes your stomach to send the signal to your brain. Wow. Right. So have you ever had that like, I'm insanely hungry. Yes. And you down a bag of potato chips and you're just yeah. like, oh, gosh. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly an hour later, you're like, oh, I have a heartburn. I feel kind of gross and full. And of course, I'm like, yeah, I didn't need to. Yeah. So have a snack, take a couple of deep breaths, drink some water, totally. you know. Uh, and also just 
I don't know, the idea of a nibble. So I'm not I'm not saying that, oh, here's what you should do. Yeah. I no, just, just think that's kind of that's your advice for you yourself. Know. And and also if I'm hungry, then have a piece of cheese. Not not the whole block. Absolutely. Well, you were telling me earlier that you were reading a little bit about the cabbage soup diet. What did you mm. find? Anything interesting? Okay, well, I did several diets in high school. Okay. I had a nickname in high school. People used to call me fatty. <laughs> I wasn't even fat. <laughs> you know why they called me fatty? There was a group of girls, and I think I got really mad. That's so to the point. They called me fatty. I wasn't fat, uh, but what I... A bunch of rude bitches. Where it, are they right now? Uh, they probably live... <laughs> Email Life's Banquet and yeah, send yeah. us a picture of what you look like now. I bet you made fun of Breton. They're probably thin, or I'm probably thinner. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's <laughs> no not one's about counting. being... No one's counting calories. I am. <laughs> no, that uh, it led me to kind of become obsessed with working out and take Why did they call classes. you fatty, though? I don't know. I think just because they knew it made me mad. That's so rude. I know. Well, high Kids school. The, high school oh, in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. But uh, high school fatty, what was I getting at? Cabbage soup diet. Cabbage soup diet. So I decided to go on the cabbage soup diet. Okay. Fart which a lot. back Lots in like 19, 1990, you know, mm-hmm. we had those the cobalt blue glasses. Yeah. Picture it. Yeah. 1990. <laughs> cobalt blue glasses. Your tea towels in your kitchen were were checkered with white and blue. <laughs> Everything was white and blue. 90210 is on the uh, airwaves. 90210 is on the airwaves, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Um, Melrose Place? Melrose Place. Party I mean, 5. Was oh. oh, no. Party 5 was way later. No, it was in the late 90s. In the mid 90s. But I'm talking early 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. David Lynch. You know, think Twin Peaks, David Lynch. Ah, yes. Ah. Uh, cabbage soup diet. So what you do, you boil some cabbage, some mm-hmm. vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can... Uh, as a stock, you can use V8 or tomato juice. You can use water. Uh, some people put beef in it. I did not. I kept it veg. Mm. And you Where's eat cabbage beef? soup. Where's the beef? Where's uh, the beef? And you eat cab- this cabbage soup, tomatoey, celery thing mm-hmm. for, you're supposed to eat it for seven, eight, nine days. Yeah. And then you're supposed to have guaranteed 10 pounds of, uh, you're supposed to lose 10 pounds. I, which of course, as we I know now. I love cabbage soup. Yeah, but after day four, I started to get anxious. Mm-hmm. I was hungry, blah, blah, blah. So it turns out you just lose water weight. And then after the eight days, you start eating hamburgers again. And then you gain it. You gain more weight because yeah. you were so anxious. Okay. Wow. So this led me to research about the water fasting. Okay. And again, we are not, we're not a nutrition podcast. And we're not recommending you do any However, diets. I, In fact, we're recommending you don't do. Yeah. So that we were talking about Upton Sinclair. Yeah. Cause this is an Upton Sinclair and plum podcast. A, yep. In combination with the spatchcocking mm. and vacillating. Yes. So you can see the theme here. Upton Sinclair wrote a book, I think in around 1910 and he had a lot of health problems. Hmm. <laughs> Shockingly, after he hmm. spent his, uh, his year working in the stockyard, in the, yeah, in the stockyards, yeah. the meatpacking district, through those hard winters in Chicago, mm-hmm. and he said he said he spent his summers in the Adirondacks and his winters in Bermuda. Oh, Lucky guy. Excuse but me. But he was, had a lot of health problems, huh. and he discovered this that there was this thing called water fasting, and it, again, you can go and look this up. Water fasting is something that should be done under supervision, mm-hmm. uh, and then personal choice. We're not and recommending you actually it. just drink water. Then I'll do some long water fasts, maybe, I'd say maybe three a year, where I'll do anywhere between five five or six day fasts, and the longest one I've ever done is 13 days. 13 days, and it's 100% pure water, nothing else. Um, I sometimes will have green tea as well, but yeah, no, no actual like calories. Now, sometimes I think if you're an extreme 
food eater. You're like, you have to eat food for your job. Maybe having a reset once in a while might not be a bad idea. Yeah, and I say it's supposed to be really good if you have any kind of gastrointestinal issues, right? Mm-hmm. I was it recommending can, the Bobby do it because she has colitis. It can it can help with a lot of things. It allows your body to uh, to regenerate mm-hmm. and so not focus on digestion. Mm-hmm. I have not done this yet. I'm yeah. I'm I'm actually going to do it. Uh, we just ran into our Starshin. Yeah, Starshin did it. Starshin, one of Zara's old employees. Nine days. He looked for ten great. days. Yeah. He said the first two days is really hard, and then the third day you kind of go into this thing. So anyway, Steve, uh, we're going to talk to him, and he's going to tell us a little bit about it. You know, it's interesting because you look on Instagram now, right? Everything's like ooey gooey cheese and yeah, egg and slippery, sloppy, melted American You know, cheese. I look at that YouTube channel, Slinkin'. Binging with Babish, and mm. it's all about these like obnoxious food, like yeah, and I'm, yeah, it sort of sends stacks things when they're in stacks and they're yeah, dripping like, out of someone's hand. I'm like. What is this that I we're doing here? Don't, What's going on? I think it's funny if you don't have a problem with it, but I think it sends a bad message about food and what it is. It's very that's overly yeah. dramatic. Everybody, come on. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just food. But you know, sort of when we have these things and these images and cooking and this and ah, steaks. extreme. Yeah, like seared steaks in the cast iron pan, mm. dripping with fat. You know, all these things <laughs> that are you I know, do salted like that. carbohydrates are delicious. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah, <laughs> this just in from the wires, the Associated Press. Yeah. Carbs yeah, covered yeah. in uh, Carbs oil covered and in salt s- are good. Yeah. So I think we hear and see these messages all the all the time. Yeah. And I think it really, I know, again, I'm not preachy, but I will say, you know, Brett and Scott, morning routine. I get up, I like bust it out. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm going to be eating a lot this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I just try to have a little bit of a balance. Yeah, me too. You know, sorry, so, you're, a, you're a runner. Well, yeah. So I guess on our Chef Recommends today, let's talk about, balance like what is what does that mean like to what do you? I, yeah what do i what do we do when we maybe have felt out of balance so the way that i keep my personal balance yeah, going all you, the time as someone who's been a chef and as someone who has worn a bikini on the line <laughs> that is you, true you look fabulous i did wear a bikini behind the line i was telling a, a, a new <laughs> friend that the other day and she was like is that like a is that legal according to like the health code and i was yeah. like i don't think that they have a health code for it because it's so fucking absurd who would the, ever do something like that except for me i think you're fabulous for doing it and i think you were young and i think you won't do it again i would never and who cares if and i'm like if you're out there and you're opening a restaurant you want to just push your limitations and see how many customers you can get to never come back wear a bikini behind the line in an open kitchen but meanwhile before that don't get don't get (laughs) me wrong it was okay for uh, male chefs to constantly oh yeah uh, make cat calls at women all the time that was okay i was taking the power back so anyway um yeah, so, you know, when I was actually working in the kitchen all the time, having to taste stuff, um, I would spit stuff out. Yeah. And well, when you when you cook when you cook for and taste little. that much, you cannot eat everything. I would always spit everything out. Um, but in my normal life, I exercise. It, it's not just to keep my body looking good. It keeps my brain working good because I have a lot of anxiety. Um and I check out our side podcast yeah, called Extreme all Anxiety. Of our prob- <laughs> all of our problems. All of our problems.com. <laughs> um, There's so 9,000 episodes. I work out and I try to play the, the game with myself of thinking, like, you know, hey, I'm going to have a very, like, I'll eat light today because, you know, this evening I'm going out. Like last night, I went out to Chez Matant for dinner and basically did the Atkins diet. We ate. It was so delicious, but we ate so much meat. Like Jenny and I, it was just like meat, 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 meat. And it's not even like the restaurant isn't like super meat centric. It's just we happen to eat everything with meat. But um, for me, 
I, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast before that I lost my dad earlier this year and he died. He had cancer, but he was also obese. He was very overweight. He was very overweight. He struggled with weight throughout his life, but never so much as like maybe in the last 15 years, he just became really big and it really affected his ability to move around. Uh, The cancer wasn't necessarily what killed him, you know, multiple, multiple myeloma, but really his weight was a big problem. And so something uh, that is a motivation for me is not just like vanity, although I'm not going to lie. I am vain. You know, I'm, I, I want to look good and I want to feel good in my clothing and I want to feel good in my skin and whatever feeling good in your skin is what feels good to you. So there's not a number on a scale that can make that's the right number. But for me, my motivation to find balance in my life and I, I, I don't diet. I, I subscribe to a balanced lifestyle of indulging because like life's short and it can be over in a second and also trying to stay fit because I don't want to end my life like my dad did and not be able to do things that I want to do because my body isn't the way I want to Yeah, because to be. guess what? I want to be able to walk around in Paris to the different pastry shops exactly. and take exactly bites of things yeah and for me the way like everyone defines their like sexuality differently and how they look to their partner or to you know whatever so some people they feel sexy when they're bigger some people yeah people feel sexy when they're smaller you know for that that's something everyone has to define for themselves i feel good when i look a certain way i'm like athletic person i'm tall i like to be a certain way so i balance it and i eat a shit ton of almond butter almond butter i'm a i'm a sardine I'm a sardine person. Mm. You know what I love? Mark Bittman, if you follow him, he always said he he runs in the morning mm. uh, and then he, he goes for a jog or runs or something, whatever you got to do. And then he tries to eat vegan until 7 p.m. or something. Oh, wow, that's good. That was his thing. That's smart. I just try to eat light throughout the day. And mm. then, you know what? And I just get up every morning and I do a thing. Yeah. You know, I have my own little yeah. exercise routine. He's very big into exercise as I'm well. I'm very military. So, you know, I'm like, I get up, I'm like, military i learned that from my grandpa yeah like don't think about it don't like do i want to go just do it just get up and be like boom but a boom but a boom yeah i'm the same way uh, I, because, I get exercise right know, first thing cocktails at 5 p.m are, are coming quick exactly. so you gotta get that out but i think that just learning to to do those things yeah then i just i don't like to i don't want to worry about things people are always like oh wow it takes it's so hard to lose weight and i'm not gonna say it isn't but with ketogenic I think as long as you have a strong will to get through the first month, after your body switches metabolizing sugar to metabolizing fat for energy, your hunger just disappears and your energy level stabilizes and it actually becomes fairly easy. Yeah, I, I exactly. I like. I want to enjoy the best that life has to offer that is available to me within my means, which for me is like eating delicious things and trying things and drinking. And and so I try to, you know, counter that. The one yes. thing I will say, I mentioned it before, that for me personally makes a difference in terms of like my physical appearance and also just the way I feel is not, I have found that not eating sugar helps. And yeah. I don't mean like comp- any kind of sugar at all. Like I do maple syrup on my, uh, like a drizzle of maple syrup. You're talking about white, white, white sugar, syrup. baked goods, ice cream, stuff like that. If someone, if I, like I went out to dinner last night and they sent over a lovely dessert, of course I'm going to have it, but mm-hmm. I don't bring it. I don't seek it out. Last I, night I, I had a singular home. scoop of grapefruit sorbet that I had Ooh. made and it was delicious. I, it yeah. was a nice little scoop and I yeah. ate it and it was wonderful. And then right. I mean, off I'll, to bed. I'll have like six margaritas, but no. Yeah, that, <laughs> that doesn't count. There is no sugar in that. Duh. What are your, for the top three this week, what are your top three, like, 
if you had, to, I don't want to say diet foods, but what are your top three, like cliche diet foods, like low cal or like things you're going to eat when you are trying to. Okay. Let's say I've had a bit of a gluttonous month or something. Yeah. You know, sure. I remember hearing, I remember one of the food judges on, on top chef talking about that. And anyway, the, my top, I have fish. Yeah. Because first of all, I love seafood and fish mm-hmm. and I'll try to have a nice sustainable fish and I'll just, yeah. you know, a baked fish is wonderful. And with some steamed or just lightly sauteed in olive oil, some greens. I love that. Me I too. think it's delicious. I don't call that diet food. I think it's just it's another just nice form. Food. Yeah. I don't even, again, I told you, I don't like to use the word clean. Right. That's probably my top number one. Okay. Eating lots of fiber and fruit. And I don't mean like tons of fruit, but mm-hmm. one piece of uh, one piece of fruit or I'll, you know, I'm a big smoothie guy. Yeah. Uh, but again, I don't like to obsess. I always throw greens in my smoothie. Me too. It makes me feel good. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm one of those people that I love the flavor of weird, strange, bitter things. Me too. I like brown schweiger peanut butter sandwiches. Love I'm sorry. It. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm just uh, brown schweiger? Brown schweiger. What's that? That liver sausage. Oh, I don't Very know. popular in Wisconsin. Never heard of it. It's pureed liver. It's like liver. Okay. It's, I think it's, I think it's pork liver. I pork liver. Brown huh? sugar. Uh anyway, and then that's number two. And then water. Mm, water. Good lots. old fashioned water. Honey, you stuff yourself no, full really. of water. It's a good lot of, for you too. It is it is good for you. A lot Flush of water is out. good. And cotton balls. That was another diet. That yeah. was that was an actual diet. A cotton ball diet. Yeah. Vodka sodas are a real thing. Vodka soda and cotton Although balls. Although I will tell I've heard a lot of people talking about this and then I'll let you do your thing. No, no. People I'm, are confused about alcohol and about hard alcohol and yeah. what amount of calories that drinking has yeah, and yeah there's a ton of podcasts about it and ton of information but in general a shot of whiskey yeah. cognac or or say rum yeah rum or just they don't have carbohydrates or sugar in them because they're really? distilled spirit so people think oh rum's sugar oh no so is, really a whiskey soda is better for you than a vodka soda no, not better for you that's not the yeah, right way of both, putting it they're both very low in carbohydrates okay and they have a low amount of sugar oh because, so it's the same because it's a distilled liquor got it it's so it's not, all the same yeah it's not if you have a sweet rum flavored drink yes of course, of course. you're adding sugar to it but a, a singular shot of rum like a scorpion ball <laughs> <laughs> like a scorpion bowl. Yes. Scorpion bowl to the face. Okay, so you tell me. What, what about what my, you got going on? My top on? favorite diet foods, um, if I'm trying to, well, whether I'm trying to cut back on calories or not, really, I mean, is pickles. Oh, I forgot about I pickles. pickles. Pickles are delicious. Pickles are basically calorie-free, especially cucumber They're pickles. They're salty. A lot of salt. A lot of water retention. And also but a if lot you're... of vinegar, which is not always good for maintaining a good balance in, in your body, but... Oh, you know. I do love a pickle and lacto fermented pickles. And in that group, I also put sauerkraut. Sauerkraut, if I'm kimchi. Like trying to, yeah, if I'm trying to. So the cabbage soup diet is alive and well. Yes. Maybe more of a Literally. cabbage salad diet. I do a lot of, like, I'm a light eater during the day too. So I'm the kind of person who will just eat, like, you know, some almond butter from the jar in the morning and then maybe some sauerkraut from the jar in the afternoon. And then an all meat buffet at uh, one of my yeah. favorite restaurants for dinner. Ponderosa, P- love it. Yeah, and the, <laughs> exactly. And then I hit up the Ponderosa for some pasta, pa- yeah. pasta paradise. Um, and number two, mm-hmm, I guess carrots, like whole carrots. High in fiber. I find them very filling. Lots of vitamin A. Yeah, and good for your eyesight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. And then all true things. Um, number three for me, one of the other things that's a big part of my diet. Am um, I just normal all yes, the time yes. diet? But uh, hummus. 
Mm, I sustain yeah. on like hummus. Anything smushy, you know, hummus is great for you. It's chickpeas. It's not like it's low in calories at all. It's actually quite high in calories. I get a little. I get a little thick. I get a little thick when I eat a lot of hummus. Oh, you mean like your bowels? You get no, like, like, like my stomach. No, like my oh, it makes you bloated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thick. I think I'm used to it by this point. Um, but yeah, this is a very interesting, an interesting topic. There was another diet I want to talk about. We'll do it another time called the pineapple juice diet. Oh yes, yes. And people, I use that for multiple reasons, including some sexual reasons. Oh my god. Maybe we'll talk about that. I want to do a food and sex episode soon, mm-hmm. so maybe we'll do it then. Well, listen, again, thank you for listening to now episode 14. Uh, please send us your comments. We are loving yes. all of the emails that we're getting. Life's a banquet show at gmail.com. Yes. And uh, listen, rate, review, subscribe, go to our Patreon page. I just also wanted to say what, one thing that I wanted to mention during this dieting yes. episode is that at some of the points in my life when I've been my thinnest, which is like, you know, we equate being thin to being like better yeah, or happier. Getting it all together. It's when I've been my most unhappy it's, it's been during I, breakups it's and, when i'm the most anxious yeah it's like you were saying that before but i'm thinking about like whenever i get really thin it's usually like after a breakup well like a buddha belly is a real thing yeah right like oh the totally. happy like and you're I, not perfectly thin but like you're yeah. eating and you're loving life and and then i think i'm like you know oh i loved when like my this part of my body looked like this and then i'm like you know what you were so brokenhearted then like that you weren't eating because you had no enthusiasm or zeal or zest. So I'd rather be five pounds heavier and feel like engaged and excited about my life. Then I remember when I had an eight, a six slash eight pack, mm-hmm. all people would talk about is like, I would go to the beach, I would go to the gay beach and they'd be like, Oh, oh here God, he is. Um, you have a great body. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I know. And there was more than my body. Like, are you going to, what about my brain? Yeah. What about my brain, bro? What like, about my but I have nine Beethoven's sonatas memorized. Do you know which ones? <laughs> yeah. You were like, just a right, piece of meat. A piece of meat. And I remember thinking, I don't know. I, it's just funny, right? You're right. You think you're, yeah, you it, think that's what makes you have it together. Not, and, it's not what it's about. Like life is real short. Just be happy and try to feel good and, and healthy. That makes it easier to get through the world sometimes. But you know, it's not about being thin. What is your, I uh, want to actually ask you one question before we part yes, to, yes, as a positive. Before, yes. Well, first of all, we didn't tell people, our shout outs for the week. What's your, any place that you like really liked anywhere. and went? I, I haven't done home. a damn thing. Home. Home has been good this week. Cooking yes. at home. Um, so this week's, our shout outs are home. And then I uh, wanted to ask you, I think we should both say what our favorite body part is. A body part that could be of ours on our own bodies that maybe isn't perfect, but we're, we like it. Just to put some positive spin, positive reinforcement on this. I guess I'm looking around right now in the mirror and yeah. I love a good shoulder. I love my mm. shoulders. Mm-hmm. Strong, strong, manly shoulders. Yeah. You do have really, really nice shoulders. Square, gorgeous. They're <laughs> I'm just kidding. Beautiful. I'm looking Perfectly at chiseled. <laughs> when Sarah Silverman, she said, oh, my long, gorgeous neck. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's so beautiful. No, shoulders her. are good. What yeah. about you? Um, I'm actually also going to, I think, say like the shoulder arm region. I really like, uh, this part right here, like the tricep, kind of like not the tricep. What is this called? Like right from where your shoulder and it gets like, what is this? Uh, An arm? I guess my arms, my upper arms. Upper arms. There's a name for that. Yeah. My lower arms are disgusting. There's an app for that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you dare look at her forearms. I like my upper arms. And oh, actually, you know what? I do have a shout out I want to give. Yeah. My shout out is non-food related this week, but looking at my left upper arm, I just got a tattoo uh, for my dad. 
Um, it says Johnny in kind of an old Americana style Jesus. thing. Yep, classic. My dad used to call himself Johnny T-Bone. And uh, I got it at the one and only incomparable Smith Street Tattoo Parlor on Smith Street here in Carroll Gardens. Fabulous. Not only is it near my house, but it actually is a world-renowned tattoo shop. And I got my tattoo from Steve, who is so awesome. He did uh, a lot of Steve's one in this other podcast. Ta- yeah, this is a Steve podcast, a plum Steve podcast. Um, and when I was in there, I saw Mark, who owns Lucali. Thank you, Mark, if you're listening, for helping me, uh, giving me the final seal of approval on this fabulous chat. This was very nice to run into you. And uh, yeah, it was okay. great. Okay. Fabulous. See you next week. Hasta la pasta. Stay home. Stay home. So if you count that, I guess I lost 180 pounds. <laughs> 180 pounds. So that is how many bowling balls? That's like 16, 15 bowling balls. Um, I have a 15 pound bowling ball. So gosh. You kids do the math. Yeah. Balls. So 12. Imagine holding 12, 12, to 14. 12 to 14 bowling balls. Go right. Press pause right now. Go to your God. local. Go, go to your it's local crazy. bowling alley. I've never thought of it in that kind of terms, but yeah, that's a, that's a lot. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio Fifty Four at the heart of Fort, Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star, award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora, and I'm Bretton Scott, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs>